0: hello everyone welcome to episode two of the three pioneers podcast my name is ryan and i'm joined as ever by jim say hi jim hello and we're not joined by twiggy this week uh he couldn't join us so we have a special guest this week it is josh say hi josh hello sweet so this is episode two and we want to talk about some stuff we talked about in the last episode Number one is there was not a ban announcement this week for Pioneer. What do you think about that, Jim?
1: Uh, I still believe that Nykthos is busted and will continue to dominate the format until it's gone.
0: Yeah, sounds good. what do you do you have any thoughts on bannings and stuff like that, Josh? Just quickly?
2: I do. Um, we've seen modern shift radically and and we've seen things constantly kind of cycle to the top of the format before the or something new comes along and it gets big and then people adjust their sideboards and it gets hated and it kind of comes down and there's these big fluctuations with that and before i go on a big rant or or before I, i i i you know pin something down as this is overpowered um i feel like it's important for it to be both overpowered and um, and suitable for the metagame, and the metagame's changing so much right now that um, that it's really hard to see those things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like we we've been seeing mono green as a really strong deck, and um, Nickthos is like the big one that we've been talking about on the show. But uh, before we get any farther, I wanted to ask you a couple questions, Josh, because we did this last week with. Twiggy and Jim and myself. How long have you been playing Magic?
2: Uh, since Return to Ravnica.
0: Nice. So basically, the whole format of Pioneer.
2: Yeah, actually, it's it's pretty cool because I've seen all of uh, all of this stuff in Pioneer, or I've been around as it was. Yeah,
0: played. we talked about that last week too. Like, it's so nice to build decks because I know of all of the cards that are in the format. It helps with brewing quite a bit yeah yeah because there's always new cards in modern that pop up and it's like oh this is a cool card but i've never seen it before and like i could never come up with this cool deck because i never knew this card existed but um what kind of magic player are you
2: i play mostly tournament stuff a lot of stuff online and mostly modern
0: cool yeah we like modern not as much as Pioneer, but Modern's a good format. I don't like Modern anymore.
1: <laughs> it's had its issues lately. They banned both my decks. I'm I'm done with Modern. Thanks. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I that's that's how I feel. I I feel like bannings alienate players.
1: Yeah. I
0: remember you were a big twin player.
2: I was. I'm still salty about that. Yeah. I still um,
0: don't think twin is too powerful for modern, but
2: No, Modern has changed a lot since Twin was banned. It's it's much quicker than it was.
1: Yeah. And yet they still ban my unfair decks. Come on.
2: Did yeah. you have did <laughs> yeah, you have an Arclight fair. Phoenix deck, Mike? <laughs> or, or, um, Jim?
1: No, I had uh, Oh god, Dredge. Dredge, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm, the deck no. hated you anyways.
1: That's fine. It's just uh, when you spend like eight hundred dollars on a deck, and then it gets banned like three weeks later. That's that's great, great times.
2: Yeah. At the risk of going off on a tangent, it the the dredge banning really bothered me because they didn't have to ban the expensive card to scale the power level back. They didn't no, have they, to ban Galgary Grave Troll.
1: Yeah. Well, not just that. That's been banned for a while now. It was the fact that they. Banned a card to try and fix multiple decks at once instead of going after the problem deck, which was Arc Lake Phoenix.
2: Oh, the Faithless Looting ban. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we're getting a little off topic here. Yeah. I'm gonna
0: reel us back in. Um let's talk about some tournament results that happened this past weekend. Um so Jim, do you want to talk about that real quick?
1: Uh sure. There was a couple of things that went on. Um there was the Star City Games uh, IQ in Roanoke uh, on the 14th. And there was also the PTQ at Roanoke on the 17th. Um, Both had pretty good attendance, actually, for it being a brand new format. Um, And the top eights, not as clear cut as I thought it would be. There's a couple of decks there that I, I knew for a fact would definitely be there. But there's a couple of surprises as well.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the PTQ top 8, and I'm seeing number 1 and 2 are Devotion to Green. Mm-hmm. And then um, a deck that we want to talk about the third place is Jeskai Ascendancy combo. Now, um, this is a sweet deck that we haven't talked about yet on the show. Um, Josh, do you want to talk about Jeskai Ascendancy a little bit? Say what the deck's trying to do.
2: Uh, Yeah, so Jeskai Ascendancy, uh, it's, uh, I mean, the named after card is the uh, three-drop enchantment. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn, and you untap those creatures, and you get to loot. Mm -hmm. Um, So what this does is if you've got uh, some mana dorks or man lands... Um you, you'll cast a cantrip and it nets you a bunch of mana because you float all your mana off of uh off of your mana dorks or man lands or whatever, and then untap and then eventually those mana dorks or man lands become like, you know, ten tens and you can smash your opponent in one shot with them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they like to use Sylvan Carry added because it's got hexproof.
2: But I think it has Defender too. Does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, oh, it does does. Defender.
1: So that's so,
0: just adding mana then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they're they're building up their mana by uh digging through their deck to get the Sylvan Awakening. Yeah. Playing and then when like you...
0: opts and Exactly. Uh... So
1: and then once you play Sylvan Awakening, you play Cantrip, untap all your lands, tap them for mana, keep going until they're massive and you just destroy your opponent because they're indestructible, reach and haste. So Yeah. And the deck also
0: plays Dig Through Time, which helps it find its pieces.
2: And it also feeds Dig Through Time really hard off of the ascendancy. Yeah.
0: yeah, totally. It's a really sweet deck. Um do you think it's here to stay?
2: I I, I think that uh that this could be a dominant force in the metagame. I, I I think that the like uh, the the combo decks that uh that I've seen um aren't really as as, as fast as this. Like this this deck has a turn four uh, combo win. And, uh, you know, the copycat deck got banned. But um, I, I, I don't think that there's much in the format that has such a fast combo win.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, this is one of the only combo decks that's really in the format.
1: The
0: yeah, pure I combo mean... combo
2: deck.
1: I, you could say that, but I also think that, you know, um, the Feel the Dead decks... The ramp decks are kind yeah. of convoy. Yeah, they can really race with this. Yeah, um, they're they're both doing similar things, just going about it different ways. Yeah. Um. What do you think about Dig Through Time in this deck?
0: Is that a card that? Because we talked about Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise as being cards kind of on our watch list, um, seeing as they've been banned in like every format. Um, um. What do you think about Dig Through Time in this deck? Is it reliant on dig through time or is it just
1: I think to it, help? it definitely helps it get to its win con cards such as the Sylvan Awakening and finding the Jeskai ascendancy because you have the yeah. cheap cantrips and most of them are digging already um, it's just going it, to cost
0: blue blue really
1: exactly and dig through time is just putting that over the top to go and find the cards that help you get the combo going what do you think about that Josh
2: I think that's 100% true I, I mean it's going to like Jeskai Ascendancy, uh, its time in modern was when it had access to treasure crews and uh, right. and time, and uh, and it pretty much has has like ninety percent fallen off the radar, maybe like ninety five percent. There's, I'm sure you can find modern deck lists for Jeskai Ascendancy, but yeah. it's it's pretty fringy right now. Yeah. Um. But its power le- level came from those two cards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's why I'm kind of watching this deck a little bit closely.
1: Yeah, and you'll remember last week when I mentioned I had Dig Through Time on the list, but I didn't have uh, Treasure Cruise because D- Dig Through Time's going to have homes like this where it's it, it has a specific job it's going to do, and the digging through your deck is a lot more valuable than just drawing cards. For, yeah, um, for
2: sure. Something that I've noticed when comparing Dig Through Time versus Treasure Cruise in this format compared to in like modern and popper, which was w- where I've played treasure cruise before is um, once in, in modern um, once you kind of get to, uh, you know, like turn five with like uh, with the treasure cruise Delver deck, that was uh, really big, many, many years ago. Now, I guess, maybe not many, a lot, <laughs> a few years three, ago, three or four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um so you would you would have thinned your your land count a lot with your fetch lands. So the likelihood of running into gas, um, once you were at like, you know, between like six and 10 lands on the battlefield was was really, really high. But in this format, without the fetch lands, uh, treasure crews can feel really mediocre, um, when you just end up running into more lands off of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot more random what you are going to get out of your deck with the draw.
2: Um, and
0: it also slows it down a lot without fetch lands.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
2: It
0: does.
1: Whereas Dig Through Time, yeah, it's it's again six delve, but um you're you're seeing a lot more cards. Yeah. So it, it helps a lot.
2: With the fetch lands, um, you know, if you were a hundred percent mana screwed and you just played four fetch lands. Then on turn four you can cast Treasure Cruise, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. which amps the power level substantially, and the same thing with Tasker too.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why we're not seeing Tasker in any of these decks, is yeah. because it's it's not as good without the fetch lands. Yeah.
0: Which I'm okay with. I, I was really happy with the decision to not have fetch lands in this format.
1: I agree, and it, it makes for. It makes for easier entry into format like we discussed last week, where yeah, the cheaper, format's yeah. really fun and it's going to take off really well because it's not, you know, you're not looking at spending $400 in fetch lands for a three color deck. Uh, it, you're you're going to get into it for a lot cheaper than that.
2: And it slows the format down too. So you, yeah, every turn, you're not, you know, losing one life to your fetch lands. Like I've found that uh, playing a three color deck in modern, but, you know, you're gonna have to pay like five life to your fed land you start somewhere between 15
0: yeah you start somewhere between 15 and 18
2: yeah with with your lands yeah
0: so it makes things like burn better
2: yeah it does and the fast decks like the air decks too yeah yeah yeah
0: okay um let's talk about another deck that we saw in this top eight golgari soul flayer now this is a cool deck we haven't talked about yet it uses soul flayer uh, which I'll read it really quick here. It's got delve. It's four black, black for a four, four. Um, when it, when it exiles the cards, when it delves, it gets all of the abilities from the creatures. That's the quick way of saying it. It gets first strike, flying, double strike, death, touch, haste, hex roof, indestructible life link, reach, trample and vigilance. Those are the abilities it can get from delving away creatures.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, jim uh what's this deck trying to do oh basically why it's, is it good it's trying to dump as much into the yard it's not going reanimator style it's going straight dump as much in the yard as possible get as many abilities on a single creature as you can and just smash that, that's yeah. the gist of the deck um it just dumps stuff in the graveyard and then delves it away
0: with soul flare
1: exactly and, and it's, it's got a bunch of ways to find soul flare as well Exactly. It's got the Grizzly Salvages, the One Spawn Times, and the Traverse the Uvenwald, which is an amazing card when you're dumping stuff into the graveyard.
2: Yeah, totally. And don't forget that one of Den Protector. <laughs> yeah,
1: the one of Den Protector. Yeah, i laughing about before Liquid the
2: show. Dead. Yeah. I
1: haven't quite figured that one out. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, I'm honestly surprised it's not running more of the Bomac Crayers. It's yeah, just
0: a great card, of... just to yeah. give it haste. Like, yeah. this
1: deck, I think, would definitely benefit from going more of a jund route just because you get the bombac Creators, and then you can also have um other utility planeswalkers i guess you could say that would help the deck a little bit uh as well as some bet easier ways of casting cards without having to go the route of mana confluence
2: and the BoMAC Courier is also a uh, a way to just discard your hand. Yep, that's yeah. exactly
1: that's exactly why you play them, and I'm, that's why I'm surprised there's not four of them in the deck. You I understand have to... you have you have to make room for a lot of the troll and whatnot, and yeah. the format does have fatal pushes and whatnot not as well. But I mean, cut a death Deathrite Shaman, cut the Dem Protector, and place at least three BoMAC Couriers. The card's great.
0: Yeah. And it's playing things like Chromanticore and Zetalpa, Primal Dawn to get all of the abilities onto the Soul Flare. And once you have like a 4-4 indestructible double striking, life-linking, trampling creature, like it's pretty hard to interact with, with hexproof. It. With hexproof as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you play the deck, because it's got that that top end where like you can't really interact with that at all.
2: And we're seeing so many um, creatures in this format that, you know, you get that hasty, double strike, lifelinky, hexproofy, as, as you mentioned, dude. It's just, it locks down the board um, so hard that uh, that you almost can't win with uh, with creatures.
0: Yeah, Vigilance as well Yeah, is big on it. It reminds me kind of of, like, Boggle's decks, where... Um you build a boggle and you make it huge life linky and vigilance and then creature decks can't fight their way through it.
2: Yeah. There's actually an interesting boggle deck that I've seen lists pop up about. Yeah.
1: I've seen it too. It's quite a few of them. The problem is, is it gets hated on really easy um, because of some of the readily played cards in the format right now.
2: Yeah. And Really, just Supreme Verdict would, would yeah. be a pretty big deal. It Supreme doesn't Verdict have totem is... armor.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Supreme Verdict is one of the best cards in the format. Yeah, yeah. hands down. Um, this deck reminds me a lot of... Um, oh, man. It was Black White Aristocrats that was played in Standard for a while. And you had the uh, land that you could sacrifice five dudes and it flips over. and Oh, yeah.
0: Westville Abbey? Is yes.
1: No. Is it? No. Some sort of Abbey. Yeah, some kind of. Westville. Yeah, that's it. Um it just it seems like a a deck that's akin to that. Um same type of strategy where you're basically trying to out pace your opponent and Then as soon as you get this thing flipped over, it's innersthaft gold flying life link. Um it it just re- swings the game back in your your side of the court so quickly.
0: Yeah um one other deck i wanted to talk about um it was actually in this top eight as well is the mono black aggro deck um uh, this is a really powerful deck that i've been seeing lots of on magic online and um it's just really low to the ground playing knight of the ebon legion blood champion um and then it, scrappy scrounger it plays a lot of resilient threats and it's playing the fourth fatal push and four thought which is the black package that you need mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also playing smuggler Scopter. yeah now, um josh what do you think about this deck
2: so i've put uh i've put a lot of rep- i've put more reps into this deck than i like the deck <laughs> just because yeah. i wanted something to dirtle around with um so there's some really deep and interesting synergies with it um Rankle lets you uh, discard cards and sacrifice your own creatures. But because you have so many recursive creatures, you can discard oh. recursive creatures and sacrifice recursive creatures um, and then recast them from the graveyard.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's really and cool.
2: It really lets you eek your opponent out um, and, and go over the top of them. There's also uh, that land. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, Cass- but
0: Castle you... Loctwain?
2: Yeah, that that land is such a powerhouse.
0: Lets you draw cards. Yep. Yeah. If, when if you flood out at all, you just start drawing.
2: You just you start to draw and draw and draw, um, and if you have no cards in hand, you only have to pay one life f- for it. Um, so that's absolutely fantastic. I have found that um, I can get outclassed by creatures and then have my value engines get pinned down. And it's also worth mentioning that the smuggler's copter can also, you know, pitch stuff into the pitch recursive threats into the bin, yeah. and then you you uh, get them back.
0: Yeah, it's I... a very attritiony deck. Like the blood champions, the scrap heap scroungers, like those cards, you just bin them and then you get them back, and it's really tough to deal with.
1: Yeah, I I mean my biggest thing with the deck though is I really think Kalitas needs to be the, in the main deck. Yeah, Calidus is seen a some beast. Yeah. yeah, like in a in a meta where you can exile your opponent's creatures when they die, and when you have Fatal Push going and you have Rankle going and Murderous Riders, it just it seems like a waste to have in the sideboard card. Yeah, just the does only way too would, much for you.
0: The only thing I would say to that is that it's trying to be really low down to the ground and uh, kill you before you can do anything. Calidus is more of a mid-rangey card yeah but i agree that it's really powerful and i've seen them in the sideboard of this list
1: yeah that's where i was looking at them and i've seen plenty of games of this deck and it just seems every game you're boarding in kalitas it doesn't matter what you're playing against yeah and the thing to be said about this deck is
0: you're playing four thoughtsies and that card is so flipping powerful I've been playing uh, a Gruel Energy deck, and the th- it's kind of a combo y deck where it, it you discard, or like you play pump spells on an Electrostatic Pummeler and then double yeah. its power and stuff.
2: <laughs> I've played that deck a lot too. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun, and it's super cheap, it's is really why fun. I have
0: it on Magic Online. Yeah. But it just dies to Thoughtseize. Yep. They, oh, yeah. they take your threat or they take your pump, and then you're yeah. left with nothing. Yep. It can rip apart combo decks it can rip apart control decks it is just such a good card and you get to play four of them in the main deck and that's a really big boon to play this deck
1: well just as a you know comparison i played that deck while it was in standard it was disgusting but yeah <laughs> people were playing duress and bad discards cards like that just to try and deal with the deck it just yeah you can't let it do what it wants to do. Otherwise it's just going to run you over to go
0: Yeah. Like, anyway, um, one more deck we want to talk about. It's not in this top eight list, but it was in the IQ, I believe. Yep. Um, is blue white control. Now, Josh, I know you've been playing a lot of this deck. Did you want to kick it off?
2: I did. So I've been putting, yeah, this is, this is the deck that I've been playing a lot of, um, or more, more of than anything. And I, I think that, um, there's there's some interesting things happening with this deck because it's not it's not seeing a really large metagame percentage right now, um, but normally the control decks can't really play until they see an established metagame and play against it. Right. Because you know the the more the more linear decks are you know the things like mono black and mono green are gonna can, gonna win because they just they just do their plan A, and it doesn't really matter what their opponent's playing. But with the uh, with the control deck, you have to tune it for the meta game, and you're gonna run into decks that uh, that you're not prepared for that blank a lot of your removal spells because they don't have creatures, or they combo or value in a way that it you don't have enough ways to interact with that. Um, but I think that once we um once the meta game becomes a little bit more known, we're going to see a lot more of that deck.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I honestly think it's it's in a not-so-bad place right now as it is, because it does hate on pretty much every type of deck. It maybe. really does. Like, you have your early plays where you put down the Time Raveler, and then you have cards like Syncopate and Azorius Charm to back you up there for. Um, and then you can just Supreme Verdict them on turn four. At instance Supreme B.
0: Verdict is one of the biggest reasons to play a control deck. I I think it's
1: the only reason to play it right now. There's a lot of creature decks in this format. Exactly. And the only way those mono black and mono green decks get wrecked is if you just wipe their board. Especially mono green. The mono
2: green deck is a really fun deck to play, and I've been playing it a bit, and I've played against it a bit with the blue Right control deck. And just throughout the match, the mono green players just like... I hope you don't have Supreme Verdict, because if you <laughs> yeah. do, I lose my mana dorks and a threat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, they can rebuild, don't get me wrong, but by that time, you have established a board presence of Planeswalkers that just destroy them.
0: Yeah, the Teferis yeah. are very powerful.
1: Yeah, you, you got the Teferis, and if you get to turn six and you're playing Elspeth, you pretty much have got the game locked down.
2: Oh, yeah. What do you um, think...
1: I'll... Sorry, go ahead.
2: Also, the uh, the five drop, the five drop, um, Nissa, uh, the one that turns your uh, your lands into into three threes. Uh, yes. Also gets obliterated by. <laughs> yeah. By Supreme Verdict. Supreme Verdict said, now
0: blows up your land. <laughs>
2: yeah, having said that, I think we could see um, we could see a little bit of a different take on the list that was a little bit more resilient to blue white control, uh once blue-white control starts to see more play. Yeah, yeah. like,
1: you'll, you'll definitely see more, uh, instead of being more streamlined and just plan A, you'll see Blossom Defense, you'll see Heroic Intervention, that kind of thing come into play. Um, but I think the deck does a good job of protecting itself even through that. Like, both the Teferis are nuts. And then, you have, like I said, Elspeth is just dumb.
0: Um, and, um, an interaction I wanted to talk about as well is Narsit and, um, things like, uh, Gaia Reach Sanitarium, where it makes you both draw and discard. When you have Narset in play, they just discard. They don't get to draw. Yeah. And, like, and, um, also Days Undoing, where you can get rid of their whole hand. You draw seven, they don't. Stuff like that. Um, is a really cool way to mise wins, especially in, like, the mirror.
1: Yeah,
2: those synergies go really, really deep. Um, I, I played that deck for a while without really going in on that combo, but what I then realized was that an extremely powerful play, um, once you have quite a bit of mana, is to use uh, Teferi's uh, plus ability to let you cast memory at instant speed from your graveyard. So you and your opponent both drop to seven cards. But if you're the control player, and you've got things like Sphinx's Rev and Supreme Verdict and Counter Magic, and you've you've just got all this gas that once you're at 10 mana, you instant speed it, so you untap, it really doesn't matter what they cast because you have all the answers. Yeah, you've got all the answers, and you've got all the mana to counter it all. And not to mention... It's like one uh, of the
0: main reasons to play Blue-White Control
2: yeah, and the synergies with with Narset, where you just you know, okay, you discard seven, I draw seven. This sounds awesome. Uh, that that combo um, that combo actually reminds me a lot of the top combo from Legacy. Yeah, because both of the combo pieces are individually cards that you're gonna want in your deck anyway. Narset is so fantastic and it's so hosing. And even if you just play it and dig through your deck and then it gets smashed in the face, it it feels like it does a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it gains you life in the way that they're attacking it, not you, and yeah. you're drawing cards from it. And it's card selection as well, which is really nice.
2: Yeah. And the, uh, the commit side of um, commit memory is also... Uh, a a strong a, a strong card. I, I you know, yeah. I won't say that it's uh it's overwhelmingly powerful, but it uh it hits a spell or tops a spell or permanent. So having that um having that selection I think is is pretty comparable to something like cast out or detention sphere. Right. But it's even, it's even broader, although the, you know, the downside is it goes on top of your library, but
0: Yeah. But it still deals with the card like still a one for one like they don't get an extra card from it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. like in this deck, I'm really surprised because of the meta game that it's not playing cards like Cyclonic Rift even in the sideboard.
2: I've seen it show up, Cyclonic Rift, not necessarily in tournament results.
0: Cyclonic Rift is just a little expensive, I think.
2: Yeah. Um That's...
0: I've seen playing um What's the the three white, three colorless wrath? Um
2: planar like, cleansing.
0: Planar cleansing, yeah. I've seen that a little bit. I've also seen Settle the Wreckage.
2: I tested out Settle the Wreckage. Um But I eventually cut it for Supreme Verdict because you get the instant speed off the Teferi anyway, and I didn't find the Exile to be particularly relevant.
0: Yeah. It's just like it could be copies like five and six of Supreme Verdict. Yeah. That's
2: what you're looking for.
0: Right. Okay, so, um, sorry, you have anything else to add?
2: I was playing a three-one split of Supreme Verdict, oh, Settle see. the Wreckage, and we've seen that split in Modern before. And because yeah. I mean, Settle the Wreckage is best as a one of in the deck, and your opponent just is like, "Do you have?" Just your opponent just can't play around it because it's yeah, only exactly. one of.
1: Like, um, one card I think might work in the deck too is Hour Revelation. I think that was the card I was thinking of. It's the Hour Reve- Revelation is three white, white, white sorcery our uh, revelation costs three less to cast if there are 10 or more non-land permits on the battlefield destroy all non-land permits it deals with their planeswalkers all that kind of stuff as well i think it might fit the deck it might be a sideboard option but i mean yeah. it's something i'm surprised isn't seeing play
0: yeah it, i i have seen it in sideboards before it can deal with things like hardened scales and mm-hmm. uh other like troublesome enchantments things like that it's kind of cool. Okay, um, let's move on here. I wanted to talk about powerful cards that are not seeing play right now in the format. Now, this is something that we've wanting to be talk that we've wanted to talk about for a couple weeks. Um, I've got a huge list of cards that are really powerful. They were really powerful either in standard or in modern or just by themselves. You look at it and say that's a powerful card, and. Uh, I want to talk about potential decks for these cards to go into. So I'm going to start first by saying Deathrite Shaman. This is a card that is banned in Modern. Is it banned in Legacy too? No, it's restricted. It's restricted in Vintage. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it is also banned in Legacy. It it? is, yeah. Okay. Somewhat Um, recently.
0: Yeah. But the the thing with this card is it's super powerful with fetch lands and we don't have that in Pioneer. Is there do you think there's still a deck for this card to be good in?
1: Well I, I voiced my opinion on this last week was I didn't think it was as powerful. And I think there are better one drops in the format as it sits right now. If it slows down, it might be better. But at the current rate of play, I don't think it has too great of a home right now. Well, its upside is that it's
0: elvish mystic and it's also like a planeswalker. <laughs> it's elvish
1: mystic if you have evolving wilds or fabled passage, passage. Yeah. but other than that, it's a
0: 1-1. What do you think, Josh?
2: Um, well, back in uh in Thera standard, um there were the best deck was mono black and at a certain point, people started to splash into green for uh, abrupt decay and and maybe some other pieces of tech, but they never cared about deathrite shaman. And uh, in in its whole standard scene, nobody ever cared about deathrite shaman, which is largely because of what you guys have said. There's no fetch lands, so it's not elvish mystic planeswalker yeah. right? But having said that, there is fabled passage, which is a great land in the format. Yeah. And I haven't personally tested it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I I have tested it a little bit in a deck that I tried to make work with built around Whip of Erebos. Um, how'd, how'd that which, go for you? <laughs> yeah, not very well. I played a whole bunch of ways to dump stuff in the yard. And the death rites actually were really good. Because I was playing um, a lot of cheap ways to just fill up the graveyard. And it you just hit Incidental Lands, and that was good. Whip whip is too slow. Whip is not good in the format. I have not found a deck that it's good in. Yeah, but, I just... Death um, Deathrite Shaman was good in that deck. Now, is yep. there a Graveyard deck in the format? Not
1: right now, but could there be?
2: Well, that Soul Flare deck, I'm sure the uh, Deathrite Shaman is, is good Yeah, in. it is.
1: It is, but at the same time, it's got a lot of... um. I don't know. Death Right Shaman, I still don't think fits. Like you want to be excelling stuff with Soul Flare, and you don't have a whole lot of instance of sorceries. So that deck's only got what eleven instance of in sorceries. Yeah. Like, and and so, so you're
0: getting just the creature side, which is the gain life side, which is not as good.
1: Right? And like you German might side. you might hit lands because of Sator Wayfinder, but again, I just <sighs> I think there's better, like, I think Beaumont Courier is better in that slot.
2: There's also Traverse deck. the Alvin Wall that you want to keep over, you want to keep your lands in your graveyard. Exactly. False, or not all of them, you want to keep one of them.
1: But... Exactly. I, I just, I don't I think there are better things to be doing, and I think you want to yeah. be dumping more cards in the graveyard. Like I said, my argument before is, I think there's better cards for these decks than death Deathrite can be. Yeah. Um, and Beaumont Career was the one for that Soul Flared one. Uh, there's, it's being played in, I think it was Gary Aggro? Um, no?
0: All yeah. black, maybe? Well, basically, Elvish Mystic is better than it right now.
1: Well, Elvish Mystic is better, and yeah, I just I don't see a home for it, unless there's like a blue-black control deck that might want it, but like, I don't know. The deck that I kind of
0: am... Picturing in my mind for Death Shaman is a deck that plays Grimog Angler, Tastiger, Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, and just a boatload of ways to dump stuff in your graveyard. Yeah. But is
1: is that even good? Like that's the thing, right? You're you're wanting to delve with those decks, and it's kind of an ombo with that. And on top of it, like I don't know about you, but I'd rather pay one mana and fatal push something or Thoughtseize. Yeah. Right?
2: In Legacy, uh, Deathrite Shaman is just, or it was just an all-star. It just, it did everything you wanted to. It, it was, um, it had a unique effect when it was gaining life. There's, there's not a lot of cards that, uh, that are, uh, you know, played in in Eternal formats that will, you know, only be gaining you life. Um, but you could like, you could, you could be behind on board and you'd just be like cranking Deathrite Shamans and gain four life each turn and then find an answer for some flying threat that had you on a clock and uh, and then win the game and yep. it, like, it yeah. felt it did so much and it just doesn't feel like it does that stuff in, yeah. uh, in pioneer it or can, it doesn't do it all
1: it can do the same type of things here like you could stop reanimator decks from hitting targets in their graveyards that kind of thing but there's something yeah, the more issues just exactly better. yeah yeah really. more
2: Gavin weight. Hughes is an all-star yeah
1: yeah
0: okay um let's talk about um some other cards now um one I wanted to talk about was Young Pyromancer um why don't we go to Josh what do you think about Young Pyromancer
2: so Young Pyromancer is has always been a pet card of mine um and I've played it a lot in modern and it's always been substantially worse in modern than it has been in legacy because legacy has zero costed spells, really aggressive cantrips and zero cost counter magic. Um and I think we're kind of seeing a scaling of that effect in um in pioneer where because, you know, you can't play young pyromancer and then untap and go like serum visions bolt bolt and then get get the tokens off of it. Um, we're seeing, you, you know, you're going to untap and, and more likely have two drops to be able to cast. Right. Uh, so you're not going to be able to immediately churn through, uh, churn through, through your deck, your cantrips, and your, your low-costed stuff, and, uh, and make all those tokens. So the power level right. of the card is less. And of course, there's, there's no zero-cost counters.
0: Right. <clears throat> um, I've been playing it in a deck. I call it Treasure Burn. Where it it plays all the burn spells in the format, and then like a couple of the one drop prowess creatures, and then treasure crews to refill, and it's okay in that deck. But it, I feel it's what you said is that we have lightning strike, not lightning bolt, in this format, and that makes a big difference. You can't chain things together.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think I still like the card. I think it just needs to find the right shell. Like uh, like you have Mardu midrange in modern, right? Like you don't have stuff like Lingering Souls and and Inquisition, and whatnot for the deck, but I think you could probably do a red black type um prowess deck of some kind and it'd probably find a pretty decent home there.
2: Well, there is that uh, Grixis uh, those like the the like a Grixis mid range list right. that is playing it, which is kind of uh, kind of kind of what you're saying there, Jim, um, where it's, um, you know, playing mid-range threats. It's playing a lot of stuff that you see in Grix's Control in Modern and in, in Mardu Control in, in Modern.
1: Yeah, like, there's, a, I'm looking Nazis at... Nazis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, and then you also have stuff like Light Up the Stage and whatnot in this format too, which is kind of sick. So I think it it'll have a home. I just... We don't know what it is yet.
2: There's also the comparison to Thing in the Ice, where Thing in the Ice is really, really well-suited for this format because it's so creature-heavy. So, you know, you can ask yourself, why am I playing uh, Young Pyromancer when I can play Thing in the Ice? Although, having said that, Young Pyromancer is better if you untap and you get one counter on it, and then it gets blown up, right? That is true.
1: Yeah, like the removal is also a little bit worse in the colors that you play with young pyromancer.
2: Yeah, no bolt. Well, no that's the thing,
1: right? Like, yeah,
0: no bolt, no path, no one mana kill spells. Really, exactly. Except for yeah. Bush. Yeah,
1: yeah, so you have fatal push. That's about it. And those cards really help that type of deck because it clears the way for the elementals, right? So, it, I, I don't see a spot for it right now because you have all these decks are just pumping out creatures or clearing the board really easily but once this metagame settles down i think there will be a home with it and one of my cards on the list is bedlam reveler and it goes right hand in hand with that
0: yeah bedlam reveler is an interesting one what what kind of like you see it as in the same deck as pyromancer
1: oh yeah for sure i i really think you'll see it you'll see monastery swiss for your soul scar mage uh, and, then and then just
0: Empty your hand with opts and shocks and lightning strikes and then play a Bedlam Reveler. Exactly. Cool. That's something I want to test out actually in the blue red deck that I've been playing.
1: Yeah. I like there's plenty of cheap red shock spells in this format. And if you splash another color to help out, like be it black or blue, uh, I think you can get there. It's just competing with these go wide format uh, strategies uh, that just do it a lot more efficiently, um, as well as these board wipe ones or these all in decks like the mono green. It's, it's not positioned well at the moment, but I think there can be a place for it.
0: Okay. Um, now let's talk about Siege Rhino. Is there a spot for Siege Rhino in this format, or is it just too expensive? Um,
1: I think it has a spot, but right now, as a metagame, is too quick. And until it slows down, again, it's the same issue as uh, as young peasy. It's just everything's kind of hating on the mid-range decks right now. What do you think, I really
2: Josh? I really like Seed uh, Rhino for this format. because um, yeah. the uh, the life gain is going to um, the life gain's going to be relevant as a as a curve topper. Um, to because because of course the the format is quick and uh, Siege Rhino has just a, a history of being a powerful card in uh, in Modern. But having said all that stuff uh, about Siege Rhino, the the decks that we've seen it have success with in Modern is the Junk Control deck, which yeah. ex- or, which a very similar uh, deck exists in this format with a green black base they're they're typically splashing blue uh in in pioneer um but the big reason why this card might not see play is because green black is just better or bug is just better yeah. to play that that uh, that shell in
1: and and the thing is white doesn't have great cards on curve for a deck that would support siege rhino well what do yeah, you I,
0: think what do you I think have, about like a Selesnya aggro deck with Siege Rhino. Ooh. Like Fleece Mane Lions and... I think it's too slow right now. Experiment Ones and stuff like that.
2: I think that, why am I playing Siege Rhino when I could play Collected Company in that deck? Yeah,
1: or I could totally. be playing Gideon, like any of the Gideon. Yeah,
2: Gideon. Yeah, yeah. Black
1: Blackblade is a beast and it does all the same things effort and give something else indestructible or lifelink or vigilance
0: yeah like, and i don't Seager think you is, want... it's a bit of a pet card of mine i'd love to see Drano. I, I but uh it looks like it's not going to be for this format really it well could. i mean
1: it it's got to slow down a lot or and or they have to print cards that support white a little bit better right now there's not a whole lot of benefit of going into white with black and green right like, you're you better off playing Bug or Rug or playing Cruel um, uh, or any of those. <laughs> like, it just. You, you White would is, say Gruel. <laughs> White, White is kind of crappy right now, unless you're playing a control deck, and Siege Rhino doesn't really fit in a control deck.
0: Okay. Uh, Next on my list is Thought Not Seer, Reality Smasher, that entire Eldrazi deck. Why are we not seeing that? I honestly don't know.
2: So I mean the big thing is no Eldrazi Temple. Right. Right. Um, but I I I feel <laughs> like there's uh I feel like uh just playing like mana dorks could really get you there with that deck. And I uh, I was planning on putting together some brews with it, but I, I never got around to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Josh? I've been saying the same thing because um st- like just Thought Not Seer is one of my pet cards from standard and so is well reality smasher because i like to smash things cool um but the colorless is a cost that's kind of hard sometimes
2: when you're ramping aren't there pain lands in this format
0: there are are. only um half of them
2: yeah oh that's Which so is, annoying when there's only is, half of a cycle in a format. It
0: is really annoying. Exactly. It, it's the same with the fast lands.
2: Yeah. There's only yeah. half of them and it, it,
0: it wrecks some decks like Exactly. It's really
2: annoying. I accidentally it, built a burn deck with Copperline Gorge and nobody <laughs> called me out on it for like months and months. <laughs> <laughs> it looks
0: just like the other ones. It looks like it should <laughs> yeah. be in the format. It just isn't. <laughs> Yeah, um okay, I don't think we need to say that much more about those two cards. Or, they're really they're... powerful. They're just they're missing the speed that they had with Eldrazi Temple.
2: I do I... have one more thing to add, okay. which is uh Cavernous Souls is a big hoser for, um for, for that archetype like cuz I I think it always in uh, in modern and and in legacy is running like a four of cavern of souls right. and uh being having these you know under costed that can't be countered and you're you you know you're blanking removal um and you don't have that in uh in pioneer right so okay. you know if your opponent taps five mana and you you counter it with like a sensor it's just like cool yeah. i went up three mana in that exchange yeah totally
0: uh, okay. The last the last card on my list is Emrakul, the Promised End. Um, again, this was banned in Standard, but it was because of Etherworks Marvel, which we were talking about before the show. Um, but what do you think about this card in the format? Is it just too expensive?
1: Um, I th- I think it's it's too expensive, and the the deck they have to build for it to not be as expensive doesn't really want to be played that way right now if you know what i mean like
0: again i tried to make this work with whip of Erebos and dumping everything in the graveyard playing Ember. oh that's cool but um whipping back in emerald is fun it's a 13 13 flyer which gains you 13 life yeah but um that the deck was just too slow
1: yeah yeah i tried to recreate the black green delirium deck from standard so right. like you got great cards like Grimflare and Tyler's Tracker and uh, Traverse the Ovenwald and stuff yep, like that uh, Noxious Gear Hulk, yeah. um, and you can get Delirium really quickly, but I don't know. It just by the time you get that thing down, it's like turn five or six, and then your control players are just gonna lock you out of the game anyways. Yeah. Like,
0: I think it, right now there's not a good enough deck for it. Yeah. But it's a card I could see being played just because of the power level.
2: I think something that's worth mentioning is that uh, it was banned in Standard because the Aetherworks Marvel deck was, was hacking it out. Yeah. Um, and something that um, has tripped me up with analyzing this format, it's, it's really easy to look at Modern and pull like five or ten decks and be like, okay, I, I can pretty much play these decks and they're they're almost the same in Pioneer and these decks will be around. And we've talked about a bunch of those decks like Soul Flare and Jeskai Ascendancy and, and I'm sure Burn is, is pulling great numbers because it's, it's the same freaking deck as it is. <laughs> yeah. um, but Aetherworks Marvel is really hard to compare to those decks um, because it's not played in modern. Yeah. It like is the, yeah. the archetype, the energy, Aetherworks, Marvel combo deck, I mean.
1: Yep. Yeah. I just, I think I played a lot of that deck in standard, and I mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with that deck is there's nothing to really slow you down in standard to basically go against it. Um, there are much more aggressive decks in this format, and by the time you get that thing out, enough energy... You might already be at like eight life, whereas in standard you could put up like a, a couple of O3s or one ones and they'd chump block enough times to, to you know get to that point where Emmercool actually makes a difference what What is the
0: EutherW Marvel like hacking out? Is it Emmercool
1: um, It was hacking out um. Oh god,
0: the like, in Pioneer, I... what is it doing? Do you know Josh?
2: Um, I haven't looked into it. Um, I've seen some decks that are hacking out World Spine Worm. Oh, uh, yes, Aetherworks Marvel, but with that uh, that bore Ill, Illharg. I've seen yeah, that as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one to hack into play, it's just yeah. huge.
2: And when it, if you, uh, if you kill it, it, it dies, breaks into get... a bunch of five yeah. fives or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool.
1: Uh, did you have any more cards on your list, Jim? Um, yeah, I have a, I had a couple. Um, I mentioned Cyclonic Rift earlier. I, I do see why it's a slower card, but it's just, it's a bad beats card. If you if you do get it off, right? Like, Commit to Memory is nice, um, but there's something to be said about cyclonic rift as a card um another one i had was uh really not single cards but batches of cards or cycles like the theros gods you're not seeing a lot of those in in finer yet
0: i've seen fassa a little bit in a mono blue devotion
1: deck yeah like i'm surprised these gruel decks aren't playing Xenagos. or again it's
0: it's a five minute card
1: yeah, it is.
0: To, um, to be good at 5 mana, you got to be really good. And then cat Gods,
1: the, uh, the Scarab, yeah, God like, is... Scarab God. Yeah, like Scarab
0: God. I'm surprised we haven't seen that in like an Esper control deck or something. Exactly.
1: Um, and then I also have the Elder Dra- Elder Dragons. Um, I know they're really expensive, but some of them did good work in Jeskai. Yeah.
0: One more card is Fires of Invention. Have you seen any cool Fires effects? decks? Oh, loads of them.
2: Yeah, that's a very interesting card.
0: Yeah, that's what made me think of the Scarab God because it's like a way to use your mana without... Like, you play Fires, you get in a Scarab God and you can use its mana to activate it while still casting spells. Just an interesting thought, but um, Fires seems like a really powerful card. Yeah. seen tons of it in standard
1: yeah i was i've been watching a lot of uh pioneer streams um the card does a lot of work and anytime you can do can do something for free in magic it's good right um i don't know i i think nobody's really scratched the surface of what that card can do yet especially with you know all these ramp decks and whatnot um I think this card could get out of hand when you're talking about some of the bigger cards, like even World Spine worm you can cast that thing after you've you know ramped a couple times. So yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat.
0: Cool. Okay, well, that should be pretty much the show, I think. Um, did you, you have anything else you wanted to mention, Josh, before we head out? No, sounds good. All right. Um, thank you everyone for listening to the second episode of the Three Pioneers. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at the 3 MTG at com, And we're on iTunes now, we're on Google Play Music, uh, and we're on Podbean as well. So if you want to get... Oh, and we're also on YouTube. Um, I put the, the show up there as well. So if you want to listen to it a different way, we've got lots of different ways you to listen to it. So without further ado, I think that's it. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say bye, Josh. Bye-bye. And uh, it's bye for me. Thanks for listening.